Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Got you covered on both ends of the dial. 910 AM, 105.1 FM, and available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. It gives you the ability to rewind, pause the show, run some errands, and pick up right where you left off. 910 The Fan is the home for Richmond's first ever football festival. Coming to River City Roll August 19th from 3 to 7 p.m. with a high school football, college, and NFL season preview show hosted by yours truly, AWOD, on the fan. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can hear him following me filling in for Grant and Danny alongside Doc Walker. It's Linnell Willingham. What's going on, Linnell? What's going on, Adam? How you doing, my man? And first of all, I appreciate you having me, but what the hell is your gripe with The Rock? <laughs> Dude, I have not been a fan of The Rock for a long time. And you know what? I, can tell. I, I didn't go to an XFL game because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, bro. You're the best. Do What's you, going on, Do man? you really like The Rock? Do you, are you mad that I don't like Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> I'm I'm actually personally a little upset with The Rock myself right now. I'm a big WWE fan, and right now they've got arguably the best storyline going on in the history of the sport, this thing called the bloodline with all the Samoans, and The Rock is a part of that family. And I want him to come back because I know the, uh, the, the, the writers in Hollywood are on strike right now, so he's got a little bit of extra time. I'm hoping uh, he pops up to a WWE event sometime soon. All right, Linnell, so let's get to training camp. Pads came on today. You know, what's the biggest thing that you, you think we've learned so far in training camp? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've that I've learned to this point, arguably I take away from today, man, with the pads being on, as you mentioned, I think this offensive line has the opportunity to be a little bit better in the run game than we may have initially anticipated. Adam, I'll be honest with you, I spent the entirety of practice watching the offensive line and the defensive line uh, because that's really the, the group that gets affected the most with the pads being put on. Uh, a couple of guys that stood out to me, an undrafted kid, Mason Brooks, uh, had a couple of nice yep. blocks. He's a guard of uh, the offensive lineman out of Mississippi. They actually gave him a little bit extra cash at him uh, during the draft process to secure his services. So he's a priority undrafted free agent. He made some plays, and I think he really has an opportunity to make this football team. Another guy that stood out uh, was Aaron Montero, man. He was on this roster last year, uh, the 6'6", 315-pound tackle out of Boston College third year in the National Football League. I think in terms of the backup depth on this Washington Commanders offensive line, those two guys can play a big part in that. And then Ricky Stromberg, the team's third-round pick out of the University of Arkansas, the center, I thought really played well. Do you think Stromberg could be the starting center this season? Yeah, Adam, it seems like there's a consensus going around the media group that Nick Gates is going to be the starting center of this football team. He's struggled the last three practices, Adam, to get the snap down. Uh, Sam Howell proving that white men can't jump going up and high point in the football sometimes. But when you have bad snaps, Adam, you, you know this more than anybody. It messes up the timing of your offense, uh, especially considering that they're going to run a lot of quick game. But to answer the initial question, yeah, I think Ricky Stromberg – uh, has an opportunity to be this team's starting center at some point during the season. I just don't know how soon. 
yeah. how that's going to actually come. You know, it's interesting. It's almost like people didn't want to put too much pressure on him. When he was drafted yeah. out of Arkansas, the SEC best center, and he didn't give up any sacks, I said, oh, we've got our center for the future. And then immediately all the reporters said, no, that's Nick Gates, and all the coaches said that's what we brought in Nick Gates for. I believe it should be Stromberg's job to lose, um, but we'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, let's get to the defensive side of the ball. I, yeah. All eyes are on Chase Young. Has he looked dominant so far? Yeah, he had a couple of pass rushes during the team session. It was a sequence of like three straight rushes against Charles Leno where I described him as dominant, Adam. The twitch and the burst is back for this dude. I got the opportunity to talk to Logan Thomas after practice the other day, and he told me straight up, man, he gets to go against Chase Young on a pretty regular routine basis. And he said, this feels like the Chase Young that came in and terrorized the league back in 2020. Uh, so definitely high hopes for Chase and what he can be uh, this season as a pass rusher. We all know it. He's in a contract year after the team decided not to pick up his fifth-year option. I've maintained the same sentiments all offseason, Adam. I think. Oh, no. Do we just lose him? Yeah. Hold on. Let's see if we can... Oh, Linnell, go ahead. There he goes. I'm still there. Sorry about that. I was saying, I think once the season starts, Chase Young's going to be hell on wheels. I've been saying it all offseason long, man. When you deal with the type of adversity he's had to go through the past 12 to 18 months as a young cat, man, you come out the other side a better person and a better man. I think we're going to see that come before. You know, last year there were reports immediately that – Carson Wentz was inaccurate. I find it, found it interesting that Ben Standing of The Athletic wrote yesterday, it's early, but Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, off to bumpy start, and that the commander's revamped offense is learning to walk that fine line. Uh, what do you make of that, Leno? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, to describe Sam's play, I'll talk about Sam specifically here first, Adam. Dating back to Friday's practice, I think he's been up and down. I think today he was a little bit better. Uh, but we know that they're going to have growing pains. You're installing a new system. And there was an interesting wrinkle that we saw in practice today, Adam. Eric Bieniemy had Sam Howell in the first-team offense going against the second unit during the 11-on-11 work. And Jacoby Brissett in the second-team offense was going against the first-team unit. I think EB wants to ensure that Sam Howell is able to get the guys in and out of the huddle clean and crisply and then be able to run some damn plays, man. This first-team defense for Washington – uh, has been dominant throughout the first week of practice. And I think come the regular season, they'll show that they're for real. But I think it's hard to really take anything away from Washington struggling against this defense because of how good they are. When they go up against the Cleveland Browns next Friday for their first preseason game, I think we'll get a better understanding of where everybody on this football team is. I love to hear reports of Eric Bieniemy demanding perfection, throwing F-bombs yeah. left and right, and yanking <laughs> guys in and out of the huddle. Uh, give me your sights and sounds of Eric Bieniemy at Commander's Training Camp. Yeah, he was on one today, Adam. First day at pads. It felt like it was the first day at pads for him, too, man. <laughs> we talked about it dating back to the spring, the attention to detail and the sense of urgency that he's brought to that side of the football. It's trickled down to the defense. Today in particular, on the first play of inside run, Jonathan Allen completely whoops Sadiq Charles with a, with a nasty swim move over the top, and Eric Bieniemy let Sadiq Charles have it. He motivated him, though, Adam, because on the very next rep, Sadiq Charles goes up against John Allen and stonewalls him, so... It's that type of extra juice that he gives the guys, man. And I think, like I keep talking about, man, the sense of urgency and the accountability is something that I think will pay dividends once the regular season starts. Who has impressed you out of the wide receiver core not named Terry McLaurin? 
<laughs> I'll be honest, Adam, the most impressive wide receiver all of camp, including Terry McLaurin, has been De'Ami Brown, man. Him and Sam Howell have this UNC connection going on. They worked out together all summer long, and you're starting to see the fruits of that uh, right now, man. De'Ami Brown has had big-time catch after big-time catch each and every practice. We normally view De'Ami Brown as a vertical threat, right? We saw yep. the game against Tennessee last year where he took the top off a couple of different times. What stood out to me, Adam, during this training camp in particular, his ability to high point the football. We know he stands at six foot two and really is the only receiver in Washington's receiver room that has that physical profile, right? When you talk about Terry, Jahan, and Curtis, all guys that are six foot and below, De'Ami Brown's done a really nice job high pointing the football. Against big-time names, too, Adam. It's not like he's doing it against the twos and the threes. We've seen him bag Kendall Fuller. We saw him uh, high point the ball today against Emmanuel Forbes. I think the stock is definitely up for De'Ami Brown come the fall. It's Linnell Willingham and Doc Walker coming up after me right here on 910 The Fan in Washington, D.C. from 3 to 6.30. And I love how you guys start the show by welcoming in the <laughs> Richmond audience and Doc just goes, a one Nation, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we always got to show some love to the AWOD Army. Programming note, the new father, Grant Paulson, is back in the saddle today. Oh, he is? He okay. will be following he will be following your show today, my friend. Oh, man. Well, you guys did a great job earlier this week, man. And thanks a lot for joining the show today. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you. And chill out on the rock, will you? <laughs> <laughs> That's Linnell right, Willingham. Buddy. Follow him on social media. Nell underscore BTP. That's Linnell as in Nell underscore BTP. I got to make sure everyone understands it, Linnell. <laughs> He's the man. Wow, look, man, you know that's the biggest running joke right now. At Odyssey <laughs> BC is my my damn hashtag on my Twitter handle. I appreciate you giving me some time, though, brother. Yep, no worries. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. Love to hear from you. We want to make this as interactive a radio show as possible. It's 833-804-0910. Call AWOD, 833-804-0910. You can tweet us throughout the show. Boston DG tweets me. He appreciated Chris Russell coming on the show. We've got a couple new followers on social media. Uh, we is a JMU fan and also son of a dream. Thanks for chiming in on Twitter. You can always tweet us throughout the show at 910thefan and at AWOD Radio. So the NFL season, in my mind, officially begins Thursday with the Hall of Fame game. Then you get, you know, three weeks of preseason before the regular season begins. You can sign up with FanDuel right now, promo code AWOD, and the three most bet NFL win totals. All right, check this out. Number one, the New England Patriots over seven and a half. And that means that makes sense to me because I don't believe Bill Belichick will go below 500 again. I think that team is going to be much improved. And of course, they still have to figure out the quarterback position with Mac Jones, but I am a believer in Bill Belichick, his defensive schemes and ability to get random guys open on offense, random small wide receivers. So that makes sense to me. Second, Zach, the Arizona Cardinals under four and a half. Now we know that's a poop show right now, but under Tyler four Murray. and a half. So that's what four and thirteen. That is the number two most played bet right now. I never knew he was just so tuned out. Well, the thing is, is that everyone got excited about the hail mary throw he made a couple years ago, right? To DeAndre Hopkins when he rolled out of the pocket. But besides that, 
He has just been so inconsistent as a quarterback. Yeah, he's exciting when he leaves the pocket and his little getaway sticks. Right. You know, he zooms around. But he just... does. He's like the roadrunner. <laughs> <laughs> he zooms around, then all of a sudden he'll get crushed. So what? He's just playing video games. He's not reading the playbook. Yeah. that's the knock, I mean, right? Colt McCoy was still getting starts last season. Oof. How is that even possible? So the over under for the Cardinals set at four and a half, and the second most bet win total right now is the under. So people betting the Cardinals will win four or less games. The third though. This got me fired up, Zach. The Washington Commanders to finish over six and a half wins. The third most bet win total in the NFL right now by ticket count is the Commanders over six and a half wins. You're still, I the blood hasn't left your face still <laughs> from talking to Russell and Linnell, talking about the, the new motion in the offense and Chase Young looking at, you have a Commanders boner and it has not gone down. <laughs> I mean, you can all. tell. I'm jealous that they're at training camp. I'm jealous that they're see, they're getting the pads on and watching that stuff. Because here's the thing about training camp. Uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. Inside baseball, some radio insider. It is freedom for reporters to just walk up to anybody and interview them. Whether they're on the practice uh, you know, practice team, a practice squad, or they're the starting quarterback. Or whether you're on a sports station or a classic rock station. It does not matter. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. If you're walking off the field, you can grab them. And so I have all these great memories from when they came to Richmond or when they were, you know, as a kid when we'd watch, uh, drive up to Pennsylvania and see them or just at Ashburn, you know, when I was an intern in NBC, it was RG3's first year. And Matthew McConaughey came to training camp. And I'm in the background of them, you know, high-fiving and shaking hands, holding a uh, a reporter's ladder, right? So that the uh, video guy could get two feet higher up. Oh but it was just, I have all these great memories from training camp. And so hearing from Linnell and Chris Russell, I'm so jealous that they're there. And, oh, yeah, there's 10,000 fans there every day. And That's KD part of the there, excitement. Right? Yeah, Kevin Durant was there. I mean, just, everyone's Magic fired up. around, too? Uh, I don't know if anyone has seen Magic, but I know Mark Ein, Mitchell Rails, Josh Harris have all been there. I mean, Josh Harris bought media members ice cream. He bought them ice cream. Now, thanks to Kent, we do have ice cream downstairs, but it's not the same. Oh, there's still some blizzards. <laughs> oh, the there is? Up here. Yeah. Oh, really? Keep that on the yeah. down low. Yeah, we might have to do a live taste test on dude food but later like, on. Uh, <laughs> football is an emotional game. I mean, I would go at least 500 for the Commanders this year. Right. If they pack the house and there's fans and all of a sudden the defense is really, really awesome and you know they're not turning the ball over, like... Who knows? I'm all I'm all in on B Rob. I don't think you can look at this commander's roster and say on paper, you know, they should be great. I, on paper, they should be a playoff team. I think you have to look at wins above replacement. Last year with Scott Turner as the offensive coordinator, the only reason he had that job is because of the work his dad did for 20 years in the league, nor of Turner, right? Scott Turner got this team to go eight, eight, and one. Now you bring in Eric Bieniemy, who everyone's calling an offensive genius. Right? I mean, Chris Russell said you're watching a genius at work. You're telling me he can't win eight games? Even if they go eight, eight, and one, that's still over the six and a half. We all get money. We all get paid. Um, one of the biggest questions, though, this season that is being asked for the commanders right now is what will happen with Terry McLaurin, right? He has now played with 10 different quarterbacks in just four years. He's gotten paid. He's certainly deserving of the contract. How good is he going to be this year? Well, he was talking with NFL Network yesterday, and he said, quote, I've never used it as a crutch, despite playing with... I mean, think about this list. Do we still have the ding and the dong? Give me a dong oh, wait, for all the find... terrible quarterbacks, all right? Okay. The list includes Case Keenum. 
the late, great Dwayne Haskins, R.I.P., Colt McCoy, <laughs> Alex Smith. Now, we shouldn't ding- we should give him a positive, all right, because he yeah. broke his leg and then came back, Come still back led him to the, year, right? to the playoffs. Yeah. Kyle Allen. Who? <laughs> Did you like him? He was a Panther at one point. No. <laughs> Taylor Heineke. Um, That's your boy. I still I feel I have positive thoughts about Heineke. But you picked Atlanta this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> like who the hell is Garrett Gilbert? <laughs> I don't know. They're the guys when you open a pack of football cards, you're like, Meh. yeah. I'll Ryan put that Fitzpatrick. On my bike Ryan Fitzpatrick. I was excited. Uh, it lasted six plays though. Six plays. Carson <laughs> no Wentz. And now Sam Howell. And they say, despite going <laughs> despite going through quarterbacks quicker than an undecided undergraduate goes through majors in four-year colleges, McLaurin has produced Pro Bowl seasons and is coming off of three consecutive 1,000-plus yard seasons, catching passes from 10 different quarterbacks, more than any guy has in the league at that time. Only DeAndre Hopkins with Houston had one-plus receiving touchdowns with more quarterbacks, eight, uh, during his first four years in the NFL. So here was McLaurin's quote yesterday. He said, shoot, probably about year two or three, you know what I mean. I kind of was like, it was a little bit of a turnover at the quarterback position. But at that point, I had already in my mind, like, I don't need to use that as an excuse. It's why... I do like doing my job. I don't use that as a crutch to be why I'm not making plays. You know, there's multiple quarterbacks. So I don't want to use that as an hindrance as to what this is dictating as firms to in terms of my outcome and my performance. Obviously, we know that's something that factors my position, but I've never used it as a crutch. And I think that's the important thing is it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If you still run your routes and you still get open, you still have a chance to make a play on the ball. And Sam Howell is entering camp with an easy path to be quarterback one, in my opinion. Jacoby Brissett might throw bombs. He might light it up in preseason 400 yards. They're going to let Sam Howell start the year. They're going to let the, the quarterback that is basically a rookie after only playing one year start the year because of the fact that he's on that rookie contract and they need to know what they've got out of him. You know, you can't go into next season with a chance to draft Caleb Williams and, oh, we still don't know if Sam Howell's the guy. Yeah, you, you, gotta you have ask to find guys. out. You got to ask these guys maybe tomorrow, um, you know, what's the chemistry like with McLaurin and Howell? Yeah. You know, has anybody said anything about that? Hopefully they're on the same page. I mean, Linnell said that it's Deami Brown that has chemistry with Sam Howell. Oh, yeah, because they played together at North Carolina. So that makes sense. Right. Um, you know, I'm really. You don't have to be super accurate when you're throwing to McLaurin, too. Right. No, that's a good point. catch radius is ridiculous. I'm a little worried that we haven't heard much from Curtis Samuel, right? I mean, this is a guy that was a star in Carolina. And the, and the Penn State stud. Jahan Dotson, I have read some good things about him. Okay, good. That he's being targeted in the red zone. But Curtis Samuel is a guy that I think he could take this team to the next level. He is a total X factor because of his speed. And he's just got these really choppy footsteps where I think he's great yards after catch. That's what I'm looking forward to. being healthy, too, especially with B enemy. Yeah, I mean, I know. Who's going to be our Travis Kelsey this year? No. <laughs> We're not going to have him. It's a tough ask. <laughs> yeah, maybe Cole Turner will be uh, Travis Kelsey after six beers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. It's 833-804-0910. 
We'll step behind enemy lines and see what's going on with the New York football giants and their training camp. Lance Meadow joins us next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear him as a host on SiriusXM. He's also an on-air talent with the Giants Radio Network. It's Lance Meadow. What's going on, Lance? I'm doing very well, Adam. How's everything with you? Going going pretty well here. So earlier this week, I made my official predictions for the NFC East. I want you to react to my prediction. That is, last place, the Dallas Cowboys. Third place, the Commanders. Second place, the Eagles. And the New York Giants, New York football Giants, winning the division. Well, the Giants, they have some momentum on their side based on how they played last season. And they beefed up, I think, the roster in terms of helping them stop the run and perhaps opening the door for more explosive plays. But keep in mind, the schedule is a lot more difficult for all four teams this year. All four teams who nearly made the playoffs last season, Adam, wound up playing the AFC South. And this year they have to get the AFC East. So that's an example all in itself that the schedule outside of the conference, forget the division, is going to be that much more challenging. I still like Dallas and Philadelphia until I see them fall off a cliff, which I'd be very surprised. I think you're talking about continuity benefits both of those teams. There weren't any changes with respect to the coaching staff. I know Dallas has a new offensive coordinator, but Mike McCarthy's still there. And Brian Scheidenheimer did a really nice job with Russell Wilson a few years back in Seattle. We know Philadelphia lost two coordinators, but they pretty much upgraded from within. So it's not as if there's 75 new voices, and there's an immense amount of depth, really, for both of those teams. So I would still lean towards Dallas and Philadelphia being one and two, and the Giants and the Commanders needing to prove that they can hang around and do it again in order for me to be convinced that they'll get a little bit higher in the standings. Yeah, I just have never been a believer in Dak Prescott, and I saw the video yesterday of him throwing into double coverage, terrible interception. Maybe he'll surprise me. Maybe Mike McCarthy will be able to be a big spark calling plays for that offense. What's been your biggest takeaway from the first week of Giants training camp? Well, before I get to that, because I know you have already gone on your pedestal in terms of your Dak Prescott dislike, but let me just (laughs) remind you, Adam, real quickly, the Cowboys have never had a losing record with Dak Prescott under center. And you could throw away the season he got hurt because he only played five games. He was hurt against the Giants. They've had either a 500 mark or better with Dak Prescott under center. So that's a pretty good track record under the circumstances compared to really any of the other quarterbacks in the division. Sam Howell, we know, has no resume. Daniel Jones has been in and out of the lineup. Last season was good. We want to see more of that. And Jalen Hurts is coming off, obviously, a career year. So Dak is the most polished veteran QB within the group. I just wanted to get that out no, there. So when Dak finishes, your second question. So when Dak finishes <laughs> below 500, Lance, you owe me a beer. <laughs> well, that's fine. But then you can then prove to me that that track record all of a sudden went off the tracks. But once again, the track record is what I hold on to with any quarterback. you got to do it multiple times as opposed to doing it <laughs> once in a blue moon. With respect to what stands out to me about Giants camp thus far, I think it's the receiver group. 
they're playing a lot of these guys in different scenarios, and a few guys are still on pup. Sterling Shepard just came off of pup, and you're seeing the versatility within this group. For example, they just brought in Cole Beasley, a polished veteran who was in Buffalo with Brian Dable. He knows the offense. He comes in, and he showcases that even in his mid-30s, he still has the ability to get separation, especially within the short yardage. Paris Campbell showcasing his speed. That was one of their free agent additions who they're hoping gives them more explosive plays because of his vertical threat. And then some of the other players that were on the roster previously, I think, are ready to take their game to the next level. One guy in particular, Isaiah Hodgins, who was acquired because he was waived by the Bills midway through the season last year and turned out to be their number one wide receiver, and they needed somebody to emerge. And I think he's that much more comfortable within the scheme this year because now he has an entire training camp and he has the ability to get further on the same page with Daniel Jones. So the versatility and the depth that I felt was there on paper heading into training camp, I think has showed that there is some validity behind that in the early stages of training camp. Lance Meadow with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Works with the Giants Radio Network as a host and on-air talent. Also with Sirius XM Sports Host with Mad Dog Radio. Going around the NFC East. So last year, like you said, almost all four teams get into the postseason. Philadelphia led all of 2022 in the NFL with 70 sacks. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys had 54. The Commanders and the Giants were right outside of the top 10 with 43 and 41 sacks. How good do you think the Giants' defensive line will be this season? I think the Giants' defensive line will be strong in stopping the run, which was an issue last season because what would happen, Adam, is when Dexter Lawrence, who had a career year and was rewarded accordingly with a lengthy contract, when they would take him off the field – Every opponent said, oh, you're removing Dex and you're putting him on the sideline? Good, we're going to run at the guy that you just replaced him with. And there was a significant drop-off. So what they did this season, they brought in Sean Robinson, who's currently still on. We lost Lance here. See if we can get him back on the line. Lance, are you there? I hear you, Adam. I'm there. Okay, go on. Yeah, you just broke up yeah. for a second. Keep going. Not a problem. Well, you know, what had happened was they heard that you were talking bad about Dak Prescott <laughs> and didn't approve of his crack record. So the technology just basically responded accordingly. But anyway, I was in the middle of talking about the Giants' defensive line and the fact that they struggled in stopping the run last season because when Dexter Lawrence would come off the field, opponents would target his replacement. So they said, we can't put ourselves in that position. They bring in Sean Robinson. He's still on the pup list because he suffered a season-ending injury towards the tail end of last year with the Rams. And Nacho from Tampa Bay, who helped them win a Super Bowl a few years ago. So both of those guys are going to beef up the run defense in addition to Bobby Okereke, the linebacker from the Indianapolis Colts. I think the bigger question is, you were going through the sack numbers for all the teams. And the Giants had a respectable total, but they had it because it was piecemeal. Interestingly, Wink Martindale, who's their defensive coordinator, Adam, when he was with the Ravens and it carried over in his first year with the Giants, believe it or not, he has never had a double-digit sack guy in any of his seasons. And you think about all those good defenses, right, that he ran in Baltimore. So they rely on five sacks here, four sacks there, three sacks here. I don't think, even though they have Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari, I don't see a double-digit sack guy. I think could they have a few seven-sack guys, maybe one guy with eight? Sure. I don't see a double-digit guy, and Leonard Williams only did it once in his career. So if they get everybody to stay healthy, 
Could you get 40 sacks out of this group? Sure. I don't think that's asking for much. But I don't know if there's going to be one guy in particular that is going to draw all the attention. So what I'm getting at is if this pass rush is going to be consistent and effective, you really need the depth to stay healthy. If they lose guys, and they did this last year, as Vizo Jolari was banged up, if they remove one of those guys from the equation, all of a sudden you have to think about can the opportunities present themselves across the board. So I think that's still the question mark. It's more so with the volume in the pass rush as opposed to their ability to stop the run. Lance Meadow from the Giants Radio Network here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Have you guys at Giants Radio Network spoken with Saquon Barkley recently? I'm wondering where his head's at right now. Well, Saquon met with the media a few days ago after he showed up to camp and they knocked out that one-year deal. And I was at that press conference, and I've been asked by a lot of people, you know, what do you think his mindset is going to be this season? I think Adam, he said all the right things, and I wouldn't expect anything different from Saquon because that's his personality. I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed by the contract this year. He's going to go out, and he's going to try to produce at an extremely high level, and he should think that way because think about this. If he's on this one-year deal, that means he has no security beyond this season. He could very well be all again in the same spot. Now, the Giants could tag him, but in the event they don't tag him, or God forbid he gets hurt, it's more of a reason why he should be extra motivated to go out and have the best possible season. I think that's his mindset. Deep down inside, is he frustrated? Is he irritated? Sure, he's a human being. And anybody else who you put in that position, they'd be crazy not to feel that way. But do I think he's showing up to the training facility every single day and being angered and that's the only thing that's fueling him? No, I think over the course of the last few months, it has been the only thing on his mind because there was no football. Now that we're back in football season, I think he's going to focus on the task at hand and he's not going to be overwhelmed by the contractual issues because I think Saquon had his rude awakening moment this offseason, as many other running backs around the league, Adam, are seeing, which is that they don't have a lot of leverage and that most teams operate with, we draft a running back, we capitalize on the four-year rookie deal or maybe the fifth-year extra option if you're in the first round, We tag you once or twice, and then we move on, and we continue the cycle all over again. The Giants are not the only team in that boat thinking that way. This is across the entire NFL landscape. Lance, always appreciate you taking the time, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, you got it, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So, Zach, I'm sure we could kill another segment here just arguing about Dak Prescott, whether he's good or not, whether he's going to lead the Cowboys to the promised land. I, I just don't believe in him. I never have. I I never will. I never will. doesn't matter but what he's happens. still, if you look at the NFC, we're saying off air, he's like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC. Oh, that's that's how bad the NFC is right now in terms of quarterbacks. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Kirk Cousins is up there, and he's Mr. Mediocre, just completely average. Uh, but we've been talking a lot of NFL on the show today. We've got a lot more NFL to come in the 2 p.m. hour of the show. But it's time at this point in the show to catch you up on anything you might have missed in the world of Hollywood and entertainment. Yes, the strike is still going. The Hollywood strike. No writers and actors. And so that is... The lead story is we catch you up on the latest on Netflix. 
Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. All right, so what's at stake and how could it disrupt Hollywood? What do we know about the Writers Guild of America and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers? So here's what we know so far is that uh, it's costing billions of dollars. I mean, billions of dollars. It's. I, I was reading something earlier today. It was. It's already cost four billion dollars for Hollywood. The the writers. It's just. It's not. It doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. And um, the last one that happened in 2007 lasted a hundred days. We're already are, past that now. Are we really? I'm pr- I mean, oh my goodness. So yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's so all it started it's out with the writers and now the actors. Are and now the actors in. are involved. Yeah. Next is is the producers. It's going to come down to you, Zach. <laughs> You're going to strike from this Good show. Good Lord. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to bring up on Netflix today is I'm fired up. Everyone I know has superhero fatigue, right? We're all sick and tired of Disney Plus's new shows and Marvel's movies and DC Universe and their dumb movies. But I am excited about Josh Gad's new Netflix superhero movie. If you ha- if you don't know who is Josh he a Gad is, now? he is in this movie. The voice of Olaf? The voice of Olaf. He was in Pixels. He was in the Angry Birds movie. I thought he's hilarious in The Wedding Ringer, which is a movie in which he is a total loser, a doofus who has no friends, and he's marrying some hottie played by Kaylee Kuko, right? And so she's like, hey, you know, talking to her husband about how she's got uh, all her bridesmaids and he's got no best men. So he goes out and hires Kevin Hart. To be the wedding ringer, oh, it's really good. That was good. Okay. And so Josh Gad will star in this new movie called Super Normal. Super Normal. And so it's going to be a superhero feature uh, about Josh Gad, where he's just a normal guy. So I, I kind of like it. And because he's, is he like Hollywood royalty, like are his folks producers? Because he pops up and he everything. does pop up. I, I think he's just one of those guys where he's talented. I know he's on he's Broadway talented. and stuff. He does he's, a lot of voiceovers. He's funny. And, you know, he's okay. he could be the loser. You know, I think that's why he, he does so well, right? Yeah. He can be the punching bag. Uh, but the movie is going to star um, Luke Evans and Daisy Ridley as well. Daisy Ridley from uh, the Star Wars movie. She's super oh, yeah, cute. Yeah. yeah, she's, I mean, she's so hot. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but really, everyone's talking about, you know, I, I was, when I got here today, I was talking to Bill Drake and Gary Hess yeah. about what are we watching on TV? With the writer's strike, there's really nothing Gary's out got there. Everything. Gary does. I mean, he's he was bringing up the diplomat. He loves that. Oh, I already crushed that. You crushed that. Yeah. That's what the what's I'm the name of the girl? I'm not back in on Netflix. I was telling you. Yeah. So, but uh, the diplomat. What's the name of the girl that started? Is that Carrie Russell? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's uh, from. She's the from, the, from Americans. the Americans. Yeah. yeah. So I loved the Americans, but I never gave Another the diplomat Sandler a try. Another buddy. She's oh, really? really good uh, buddies with Sandler. Yeah. Man, everyone she is. is amazing. Oh yeah, Amazing. she's the she's and the she best. Wrote, basically, wrote that part for herself, and she kills it in that role. It's a great show. Um, another big story here on Netflix is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is getting really good reviews. The film Mutant Maid- Mayhem hit theaters on Friday, and I didn't even know that they were doing another Ninja Turtles movie. I love the Ninja Turtles. Like, if there was one thing I would get a tattoo of. It would be the Ninja Turtles. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're crime-fighting turtles who, like myself, I, love I mean, pizza. I remember. That's all they eat. 
I mean, I was a child of the 90s, so I we grew up with the cartoon and the toys and all that. But uh, I didn't like the the last couple movies where they were like really Oh, yeah. They uh, had on one with Megan and Fox and stuff. Yeah, those no, were dumb. The best is when it was animated. Yeah, and, and that's and what this one is, That's right? what this one is. And so far, Rotten Tomatoes has given it a 97 fresh rating among critics. Uh, they say it has undeniably strong visuals and enough creative voice to make it tolerable on a hot August day when families need an air-conditioned theater for a few hours, just like you yeah. when you went to see Spider-Verse. We, this uh, is, uh, from what I'm hearing, the animation is as good as Spider-Verse. Yeah, we saw kind of a little preview, and I was like, that actually looks good. Oh, I'm really? I'm pleased with that, yeah. So do you think your kids would be interested in it? Yeah, I try and get them into Ninja Turtles. Yeah. TMNT, baby. All right, so you were telling me during the break that you do not have a Netflix account anymore. You got kicked out when they did the password right. sharing crackdown. yeah. But, my brother's Netflix, which we've all been watching. We all have our own channels and profiles on. And I haven't sucked it up to pay the money. So I've been watching, uh, you know, podcasts and stuff on, on YouTube. Uh, That's and so I've embarrassing. Really, and I've been what are you getting, watching, Joe Rogan? <laughs> I have, Rogan, Corolla, yeah. Uh, any Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. stuff that might pop up. But um, also I have a digital antenna. So I'll get like the sub channels of the networks, and I've really been getting into Bones, the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I've been crushing Bones. Bones is the ultimate cute girl. Emily Deschanel. Yeah, but now Just, I will say I, I do mm. love Zoe Deschanel a lot more. No, Emily's. Oh Emily's no way! Better. Yeah. Have you seen New Girl? That's the thing is that Zoe can make you laugh. Emily's so serious. She just she wants is. to dig up bones I like a and, and catch criminals. Yeah, hot nerd. Yeah, sign no. me up all day long. I want a, I want a uh, hot. Uh, you just want hot. Hot comedian. A hot comedian. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go with hot good, nerd. Good sense of humor is the number one thing for me. Okay. But um, you know, speaking of. You By know, the way, we need a girl to call the show. Oh, I know. The phone lines are always, always open. Always open. Any females? Yeah. In Richmond, except for my mom, because my mom will try to call in if we. My mom would call in too. Yeah. 833-804-0910. It'll be a big day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but speaking of things that I'm watching, because there's nothing new that I really like. Yeah. You know what I got into yes, last night? And I went through three episodes. That's how good it is. Well, yeah, I know you're crushing. You've already crushed the quarterback, right? Crushed quarterback. HBO Max, or just Max now, is Game of Thrones. Oh, so that's a I big was talking one. about it with my that friends. That is a void in my repertoire so it's well. a vo- So there's been eight seasons, right? Yeah. Season eight, everyone knows was freaking awful. The writers did not oh, care. The Starbucks they cup they, they the had a Starbucks yeah. cup. They were speeding through things. Lazy. Daenerys Targaryen went from like the ultimate they sweet to, babe be out of work. to just a murderer. Yeah. Right. And so they ruined that show. But my friends and I were talking about how what, seasons one through three are really slow. Four through seven, it's like every episode is a masterpiece. So I went back to season seven and crushed the first three episodes. So good. Each episode's like a movie. Season seven. Season so you seven. Skipped? So I just well, I, I've seen it all you oh, know, multiple times. Okay. So I just went back to season seven. I can't. You know, it's, and it is, it is so good. It is one of those shows that you can actually rewatch and get, and it's better. It's better in a rewatch for like this is so nerdy, but for example, like Arya Stark is the faceless man, and she can like put on a mask and kill people. And so in Sweet. season seven, there's a scene where this guy is not acting like himself, and he kills all these people, and then she reveals that it's her. But going into it, She's I already... like a shapeshifter. Right. I already knew it was her, yeah. so that scene is even more epic when I watch everyone die, because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the ultimate... That's one that I know 
um, I would definitely crush. I would get into it, oh, but yeah. I don't have HBO Max. I, well, hey, I was giving Greg Henson my password. I can give it to you, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right? Then I'm I, in. I can tell three be better for the segment. No thanks. He's I'll got friends better. in Michigan now. All right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM.